Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, February 27th, 5.26 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets mostly higher for a change following an upside reversal in some of this stuff yesterday. May corn futures up one at 422 and a half. May soybeans up 11 and a half at 11.56 and three quarters. May Chicago wheat down one at 573 and three quarters. May Kansas City wheat up two at 578 and a half. May spring wheat up six and a half at 659 and a quarter. Let's start off with this reversal in the corn market yesterday. So the corn market posted an upside reversal on Monday. The most heavily traded May 24 contract posted fresh lows near 409 per bushel prior to a 13 cent rally and a higher daily close. Huge trading volumes were noted in each of the last three sessions. U.S. farmers have probably priced in most of their March basis contracts during the last few days, perhaps erasing some hedge pressure from the marketplace. Fund traders were estimated buyers of 5,000 contracts of corn on the day yesterday. It was a good-looking reversal. Um, that being said, we have had similar such reversals that have failed, and the market has done nothing but trend lower. You'll see these little reversals where maybe you make a new low or you get close and then you rally back, but then the next day you just give it all back. So you'd very much like to see this thing stick today. Um, I am not in the business of calling tops or bottoms in the marketplace. That's a fool's errand, generally speaking. Uh, this is still a bear market. You look at this chart, it begins in the upper left, it ends in the lower right. From a technical standpoint, it's, it's still a bear market. There are a few reasons why this uh, time around could be different. Uh, the first one is that we had really large trading volumes associated uh, with this reversal. And, and in each of the last three sessions, we had some really big trading volumes. And in my experience, if you are going to post some sort of significant top or bottom in the market, it very often does occur on large trading volumes. So I'd say that that's a positive. It's not a guarantee of anything. The second thing would be the basis contract situation, which we have talked about at length. I would venture to say that by this point, most of these March basis contracts have either been priced or rolled. So as Mackenzie said, that eliminates some of the hedge pressure from the marketplace. Sometimes what it takes to achieve a bottom in a market is you need to push some weak length out of the marketplace. And unfortunately, I'm not happy to report this, but the, the farmer cash corn position was the weak length in the marketplace. And maybe we needed to force some of that out in order to see some better prices. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see some export business here. I think this is more of a technical thing. I think it had more to do with, with honestly, the basis contract situation more than anything. But if you were to see a flash sale to China or somebody else here the next couple of days, that wouldn't be shocking. The rallies are, uh, most often precede the flash sale announcements. U.S. corn is competitive uh, on the export market. I'm, I'm actually surprised we're not doing more business right now. So I don't know. I mean, it looks good, but uh, I don't want to jinx this thing. I, I hope that we can find some follow through buying today and not sell off and give it all back as we've done in past uh, instances. But looks good for the moment, you know, knock on wood.
Well-followed private group AgRural has reduced its estimate for Brazil's soybean crop to 147.7 million tons. The estimate is down from the group's January forecast of 150.1 million tons. The reduction is due to hot and dry weather. As of last Thursday, 40% of Brazil's soybeans had been harvested, up from 33% last year at the same time. The group also reported as of late last week that 73% of Brazil's second corn crop had been planted, up from 56% during the same period last year. As it relates to soybeans, AgRural has joined the uh, party, which is in the mid to upper 140s with the soybean crop. I could uh, make an argument, and it's probably a shitty argument, that the weather for um, as it relates to, to the second corn crop in Brazil is not that great. So Mato Grosso is 45% of the second corn crop. It's 45% of production. The weather there, which is in the northern part of, of these circles on my screen here, if you guys are watching, the weather there is going to be okay. So you've got, you know, 45, 50% in pretty good shape. Some of the uh, central and, and kind of southern areas that are on these maps are going to be a little bit drier. And maybe that's a concern as we move forward here. They're getting close to wrapping up planting. Uh, they're way ahead of schedule. So should you turn dry in Brazil, it could be a big deal for the corn market. It would make U.S. corn even more competitive, perhaps. I'm probably taking a few too many steps forward, but uh, this is something that should be monitored, I believe. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? My kids are going to make their first uh, reconciliation this week. This was my like grain marketing reconciliation. Like, forgive me, farmers, for I have sinned. Um, I talked about uh, grain marketing and regrets. So we did a full review of everything I've advised for uh, old crop corn, new crop corn, same thing for soybeans, same thing for winter wheat. So when I do these grain marketing reviews, I take every sale that I've advised, I tell you the date that they were advised, the percentage that was advised, we spit out weighted averages, we mark the unpriced bushels to the market and kind of give you the game plan. I talked about the things that I did wrong yesterday. And and of course, what are the things that, you, that, that could have gone wrong with grain marketing? Well, I didn't sell everything, right? I haven't sold everything. I've made some mistakes. I've done some good things too. Um, I have what I believe is a very transparent approach to grain marketing. And I think for a lot of you guys, you would benefit from a more simplistic approach. My, my personal opinion, as I've discussed at length in the past, is that grain marketing has become too complicated. The, uh, the industry has made it too complicated. You should really just focus on cash sales and the bottom line, that sort of thing. If you guys want to see this, I, I think it's um, uh, something worth watching just, just to see a more simplistic approach to marketing cash bushels. Uh, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. I will forward you a copy of this morning's email if you'd like to see it. And uh, that includes yesterday's video, uh, which, which uh, again, included all my grain sales and everything I've advised, general feelings as we move forward here. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Uh, nobody will try to sell you anything else. I promise. Uh, give that deal a shot this morning, guys. Last week, Russian wheat prices fell to their lowest level since 2020. Analysts believe Russian wheat prices need to come down even further to be competitive with European wheat. Russia exported 870 870,000 million uh, tons of wheat last week, down 22% from the prior week. Earlier this month, Russian agricultural consultancy Sovacon increased its estimate for this season's wheat crop by 1.4 million tons to 93.6 million tons. Um, so Russian wheat is very cheap 
And this has been one of the problems for the U.S. wheat market. We're just not competitive. Where we have done some business is in the SRW market where we've uh, sold and, and have shipped some wheat to China. And that's a positive. And when Russia is super cheap, it's just a problem for everybody because um, this is just a different version of, of a chart I had yesterday. But Russia is... Um, head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to wheat exports. So even though we've got a war in the Black Sea, Russia has not been disrupted at all. Their their wheat exports have increased uh, since the invasion. Ukraine has gone down, but not by much. Um, some of these corridors that they've had have been working out fairly well, I guess you could uh, say. So it's um, it's problematic. Wheat was able to rally yesterday too, though, and I uh, hope we can find some follow through today. U.S. soybean shipments declined last week. USDA reported that 36 million bushels of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending February 22nd. The print was down 25% compared to the previous week, but up 27% compared to the same week last year. Corn shipments increased 18% versus the prior week at 29 million bushels. Wheat shipments were reported at 18 million bushels, up 15% compared to the previous week, but down 26% versus is the same week last year. I think the soybean shipment uh, number is problematic. We are not on pace to hit USDA projections, even though they recently lowered their projection for soybean exports. And I just, I can't tell you anything nice about them because uh, Brazil's into harvest. The crop kind of is what it is at this point. I think to a significant degree, Brazilian soybeans are still trading at a big discount to the U.S. on the export markets. It's just going to be tough to drum up export business here. And if anything, I think you may see what you saw uh, last Thursday. You may see some more cancellations of U.S. soybeans. So the um, you know the market's acting good. We're up here this morning, but um, this this export situation is it's a problem. On Monday, Bitcoin surpassed the $54,000 level for the first time since December 2021. At its highest point yesterday, Bitcoin hit $54,965.26. The cryptocurrency's all-time high was set back in December of 2020 at $59,135.73. So far this month, Bitcoin has gained 27%. Interest in crypto has picked up in recent weeks as traders position themselves ahead of Bitcoin's halving that will occur in the second half of April. We talk about this when something crazy happens because I still believe this is the most interesting financial story on the planet and has been for years. This thing moves so damn fast. Mackenzie, when you wrote this copy yesterday, we were at 54,000 and this morning we're at 56,500. It's already moved that much just in the last, uh, you oh know, like 12 hours. So uh, yeah, the halving is in April and they're front running the halving, but at the same time, you've got all this ETF money that uh, is coming in and, and they're they're making public the information on inflows uh, into the ETFs and it's a lot. And there's just, there's not a whole lot of natural sellers out there. The miners are the natural sellers and you know, it's, it's not, they're not selling as much as the ETFs would like to buy. And then there's going to be even less available when the halving happens in April. So you could be at all time highs in this thing, the way it's moving. You could be there next week for all I know. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. And I I know we'll get the comments. It's a fraud. It's a Ponzi scheme. If it is, it's it's one of the best frauds and Ponzi schemes of all time. I mean, this has been going on for the better part of 15 years now. It's got a trillion dollar value or mark, not trillion dollar market cap, basically, if you want to value it in, in dollars. Um, so it's uh it's pretty incredible. It's a hedge on fiat currency, and everybody knows the uh the buying power of the dollar continues to disintegrate. What did uh, so I cattle do yesterday? Go ahead. 
cattle futures, uh, they were mixed, mostly lower on Monday. Feeders closed an average of $1.07 lower. Live cattle closed an average of $0.26 cents lower. Box beef was higher yesterday. Choice actually set a new high for the year, closing at $301.79, up buck eighteen on the day. Select end of the day at $287.99. That was up $168 on the day. Outside market this morning, pretty quiet. U.S. dollars off a little bit. Stocks up fractionally. Bonds up a little bit. Crude oil is down 30 cents in the May WTI at 76.79. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.